Hello, this is Dan Bender, executive producer of the Singles Podcasting Network. Today, I'm excited to present Single Living, a podcast that brings you straight talk on everything that concerns today's singles, including relationships, dating, travel, and financial security. Single Living is hosted by Rich Goss, a well-respected expert in the singles industry. He is the author of eight books on dating and has lectured on the subject in over 50 colleges and universities. Rich is frequently interviewed by the news media, including Oprah, CNN, Fox News, and The Wall Street Journal, to name just a few. And now, here's the host of Single Living, Rich Goss. My guest today is dating expert Evan Mark Katz, CEO of eCyrano.com and author of I Can't Believe I'm Buying This Book, A Common Sense Guide to Successful Internet Dating. Welcome, Evan. Thank you for having me, Rich. Evan, you're known as the online dating personal trainer. What does that mean? It means that uh, very much like signing up for the gym. A lot of people sign up and uh, go, and yet they don't get as much out of it as they intended when they originally started. And so by paying attention to the details, um, a personal trainer could make people get better results out of the same exact process. So what kinds of things do you teach people as their personal trainer? Well, in my mind, I think uh, everything matters. And so whether it is uh, getting professional photos, writing a thoughtful, detailed, warm, funny essay, uh, sending short, witty, intelligent uh, introductory emails, having a witty username, knowing when to meet, knowing where to meet, knowing how to date multiple people. The whole thing is a process, very much like job hunting, going to the gym, all these these sort of extended metaphors. And uh, when you have a long-term view and a full understanding of how this medium works for both men and women, you're more likely to conquer it and have success. Well, let's talk about the photo for a second here. How important is that? Well, uh, photos the first thing that's going to catch someone's eye and their attention, and it's really what gets you in the door so that they could really find out uh, if they have uh, something in common with you. But it all starts with an, an, an eye-catching photo, something that's uh, clear and digital and bright and smiling. So do you recommend that your clients go out to a professional studio and have their photos done? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, for, for a, a you know, a small investment in your future, uh, 100 bucks, $150, you could have 100 digital photos taken, and uh, you know, that, that can make a difference. Everybody knows that when you, when you browse through hundreds, thousands of people, um, a good photo is going to catch your eye. And should it be a color photo, I presume? I think anything that doesn't distract from the moment. I think black and white could uh, strangely seem a little bit showier. Um, so you, you really don't want to, even your professional picture shouldn't look too professional um, in terms of uh, drawing attention to itself as if it's staged. You really just want one clear shot that, uh, hey, if you've got a friend with a digital camera who could do it, that's great. Uh, sometimes it's worth it to, uh, to have a professional just take a, a great volume of pictures and, and uh, you know, po- post one of them and, and you're set. Let's talk about the online dating profile. What do you recommend people do? You were mentioning the uh, the catchy slogan or the catchy uh, title there. What are some examples of this? 
Um, well, you're, you're alluding to two things, uh, Rich, and, and, and they're to be separated. Uh, there, there's a, you know, there's usernames, which is what you're known by. Uh, there are headlines on certain websites, which are like headlines in newspapers. But the thing that uh, I feel is the most important thing is the profile itself, namely two questions, more about me, more about the one that I'm looking for. And uh, that's you know where I got my started in this business by uh, you know starting eSereno, which is a service that helps write people's online dating profiles in their words. Right, and and so you're not a ghostwriter for people. You take their words and spiff them up a little bit. It's it's not even a matter of spiffing up. It's a matter of dragging the words out of them. The truth is, everybody has a personality. Everybody has a unique life experience. It's that they don't exactly understand how to channel that experience and shape it into an individual online dating profile. So our Easter in a questionnaire drags information out of people that they might not think to put in their profile uh, that goes deeper than what most people would be inclined to say for themselves, that they are a list of adjectives, nice, smart, kind, warm, funny, or a list of activities that they enjoy, hiking, biking, movies, music, travel, or even something sincere that they're looking for their best friend and lover and partner in crime. These are all things that are, are real, they're sincere. It's not that they're inarticulate, it's that they're so cliched and overused. So what we try to do is don't tell, don't tell me you like to travel, Tell me where you like to travel, and don't right. tell me that you're kind. Give me an example of something that you do that's kind. Right. And when you when you push people for more detail, uh, uh, individual characters emerge. And so we don't have to make anything up. That's the entire point: is that this this product has integrity. It really is that person in their words. So what you're saying, Evan, is you can get good results online without di- without lying to people. Uh, well, <laughs> you, you know, that's uh, I think. Uh, I, I think it's sort of people only lie because they're insecure, um, and people who take this seriously are, are, are bound to get results as long as they understand that this is as serious as job hunting. If you're going to spend a long time talking to a career coach and writing your resume and polishing it and sending out cover letters, this is no different. Put the same level of energy into making this work for you, and, and, and you should gain similar results. Let's talk a little bit about honesty, because normally honesty is the best policy in life, but you say there's one exception with online dating. What's the exception where you you can't be as honest as you might want to be? Uh, it's not that you can't be. It's that you sort of have to understand how the medium works, and uh, people have arbitrary age criteria that right. they search for. So, um, you know, listen, if, if there's a 50-year-old man and he's searching for a woman who is, say, 35 to 45, um because it's there's sort of round numbers, and that's what people do, and everybody sort of understands that, that people have sort of arbitrary age cutoffs. Yes. I think it's okay to, for a woman in that instance to change her age from 46 to 45, so she remains visible in uh, that men's search as long as she says in her profile that she's she's uh, lying about her age. Um, it's it's There's a difference between lying to be seen and lying to be deceitful. Yes. I don't think the people who are doing it are doing it because they really want to fool people or have that uncomfortable conversation. Uh, there, you know, there are consequences to those actions, and I know people who, who have taken this lying thing to an extreme. But if you are, if, if you are, have gone from 39 to 40, and you choose to stay 39, stay 39 in your, in your profile, as long as you acknowledge in your essay, I'm really 40, but I'm, you know, I'm staying 39 on here, I don't see how anybody could give you a hard time about that. If they don't want to talk to you, they don't want to talk to you because of your age. But I think a lot of people's age um, criteria is, 
when they're searching is too narrow, and I don't think there's anything around with manipulating it as long as you're acknowledging it, if that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. You know, I've been speaking to middle-aged women for many, many years, uh, mainly the audiences that listen to my talks and who buy my books on dating and who take my dating classes. Uh, generally, the women tend to be over 40, mm-hmm. and the first thing I tell them, and it's not politically correct to say it, but I say it anyway, the first thing I tell them is, if you're a woman over 40, the first rule is you must never, ever tell your true age to a living human being. <laughs> and and, and, and the, the, the women get a little pushed out of shape about that. You know, they say, I'm not ashamed of my age. Well, it's not a question of being ashamed of your age. It's just, as you pointed out earlier, men are very superficial. They have these parameters, and uh, they have these artificial cutoff uh, numbers. And if you're over 40, all of a sudden you're in a new category. You're not a hot young chick anymore. Now you're middle-aged. And I tell women, if you're over 40, do everything in your power to look younger than your age. And if you succeed... You must never tell your true age to a living human being. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't necessarily go as far as you, Rich, uh, in endorsing that. Um, that said, um, I, I do think it's it's uh, it's an unfortunate truism uh, that uh, women's age gets held against them, and uh, it's smart to at least understand that and sort of you know um, try to do unto others. You know, you don't really want to. Uh, create a firestorm. Um, I know that I know someone who lies about her age and she's in, in childbearing years and that becomes a problem for a man who wants to have a family yes. if she's if she's forty two and she you know, she says she's thirty five right. just to get in the door. That's that's actually cheating the guy in a way that that's, sure. that's unfair. Well, what I tell the women is that relationships built on deceit do not endure. So I never tell a woman to lie about her age. I just tell her to keep that information to herself. In other words, don't shoot yourself in the foot. Don't volunteer your age because men will automatically stereotype you when they find out that number. And men will not meet well, you. There's meeting them on, on your cruises, Rich. And then there's, yes. you know, online, you have to post your age. You have to post right. an age. And so you're, you're, you're put in a position to have to, to lie. You can't really hold back. You could hold back yes. your weight in some sites, but you can't right. hold back your age. Well, that's why I like your advice so much on this, Evan, that you tell people that uh, they put the wrong number down initially just so they can get past the buffer or the sensor or whatever you want to call it. But once they're actually in contact with a man, you have to be very honest because relationships that are based on deceit will not endure. But you got to get your foot in the door. And the only way you can... Absolutely. And, and there, there are just some... There, there are enough obstacles to online dating success. And, and listen, I know I've been made, made a fool out of, and, and which is why you know, it's sort of been further reinforced. Um, I had a, a girlfriend who I met in real life who is uh, three years beyond my online dating criteria. Okay, which just goes to show that you know nobody really knows anything, and that exactly. uh, you, you 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 could have a set of rules, but those rules are meant to be broken. So when I'm working with private clients and I'm telling them to do searches, I find that their searches are as narrow in terms of of weight or age or height as you know, and they complain that people are discriminating against them. And I say, exactly. you know what, you got to keep your search open too. And it re- it really is about uh, unless you have some sort of deal breaker quality. No, I can't date a smoker because I'm allergic or something. You really should keep your your options open when you're searching online. Yeah, I like to talk about the non-negotiable list. You know, all of us have that long laundry list of requirements in a romantic partner. And unfortunately, you know, if you've got too long of a list, there's one person in a million who's going to be appropriate for you. So I tell people the first step in finding love is to be a little bit more realistic and cut down that gigantic wish list to a more manageable, non-negotiable list. Like you mentioned the smoking. I mean, if you really cannot bear to be around smoke, if that's a deal breaker, then, of course, put that into your profile. 
um, when I was a single guy, before I met my wife at one of my singles parties, I, I, I had a, a wish list just like everybody else. I wanted a non-smoker. But my non-negotiable list was a lot shorter, more refined. And what I put on the non-negotiable list was she had to be a considerate smoker. In other words, if she was willing to go out of her way to blow the smoke away from me, I would be willing to marry her if she yeah. had all the other items in, on my non-negotiable list. Yeah, uh, and uh, and these online dating sites, you know, they they sort of create that double-edged sword, and it's one of the interesting things about online dating is that you have an op- opportunity to sort of uh, handpick your ideal mate, and so you people get get extraordinarily choosy in a way that they wouldn't in real life, but they get very choosy when they they get a chance to click on these certain criteria, um, and they 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 sort of negotiate themselves out of a lot of potential partners because. They want someone who's an occasional drinker, and that person wrote social drinker, <laughs> or you know, like really strange things end up end up tripping people. I, I think it's a shame that a, a man might miss a woman because of one year of age, or a woman might miss a man because of one inch. And I know those kind of things happen. People have their arbitrary things, and I always tell people to push it as far as they can uh, until it really becomes uncomfortable. To say, okay, there's my cutoff. Exactly. You know, uh, you know, the women always complain about how superficial the men are about looks and weight and things of that sort and age. But women are just as superficial as men. And as you pointed out, uh, they tend to be very superficial about height. And there have been a lot of great men in history who were short. You know, you think of Napoleon Bonaparte, who was five foot four, and obviously Josephine didn't turn him down. <laughs> yeah, the, the the height thing is. Uh... It's 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 definitely a sticking. I'm not I'm, I'm not even short men. I find it a sticking point. Uh, I'm I'm sympathetic to to shorter men, um, and you know, but there, there's hypocrisy. Uh, everybody everybody who's a five wants to date a ten. That doesn't exactly. change. Yeah, and um, I've, I've you, you sort of have to recognize that. Yeah, the phrase that I like to use is, and I've been quoted uh, by this with the news media, and it's made a few enemies for me, but I say the basic problem with matching up singles is that nobody wants to date somebody as unattractive as they are. <laughs> and, and I say, you know, homely-looking people don't want to date homely-looking people, and uh, people who have no money don't want to date poor people, and people who are fat don't want to date fat people, and people with a rotten personality don't want to date somebody with a rotten personality. Nobody wants the person they deserve. Everybody wants their fantasy person. And, of course, we all watch the same movies, and we see Brad Pitt and Angeline Jolie and all these beautiful people on the screen. And, you know, people have to look in the mirror and realize, I'm not going to get Brad Pitt, or I'm not going to get Angeline. Uh, unless, of course, I look beautiful like they do, or I have a bank account that is as beautiful as theirs. Yeah, and listen, these things matter, and we try to dance around them, and the currency of men and money and women and beauty. Um, and I do think it takes a person of considerable wisdom to, to know you know, who they are, what they're looking for, and, what, and what's realistic. Uh, I, I do think there, there are, you know, a number of reasons that, are, that people are still single and, and being choosy is among them. Again, this is, this is why, uh, you know, I, I wrote this new book that's coming out next year. It's called Why You're Still Single. It was after I got dumped by my girlfriend. <laughs> I said, oh, man, I, 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 I'm learning a lot from this. You know, what can, what can I, you know, what do I take from this? How do I make sure that this doesn't happen again? And then I started to think, well, you know, I think this should be a, be a book for women um, that, that lets them know the things that they do as well. Because um, it's really easy to say, you know, the only reason you haven't, you know, uh, gotten married is because you haven't found the right person. But that's only half the story. Exactly. And let's get personal a little bit with you. If you're willing, talk about that last relationship. What did you learn from that relationship? What would you do <laughs> differently in the next one? Oh, I mean, uh, it, it, it really it, it is so individual and it is so personal. And, and so what I try to do, what I tried to do with my first 
book about online dating or say, I've done a lot of online dating. What have I learned from this and what could I share for other people to learn? And that's actually similar to, to how I came to write Why You're Still Single. So there are things that uh, I learned from things that I've done wrong and things that I've been with women that they've done wrong that I never really bothered to tell them. And so it's sort of synthesizing that material and saying, hey, we're all flawed. Um, but like the Benjamin Franklin definition of insanity, you know, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. If you're still single, you've got to look in the mirror and say, right, what am I doing here? What do I bring to the table that may be tripping myself up inadvertently? What do you see, um, Evan, when you deal with all of your clients, what do you think is the number one mistake that men make in online dating relationships? Oh, wow. Um, I think most people are very unrealistic. Yes. Um, everybody writes to the same super attractive people, right. and they get very discouraged when uh, those things don't take off. Right. Um, when it comes, you know, I'm, 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 no, I'm no marriage counselor. Very rarely do I, do I seek clients through, through serious relationships. It's really more getting them to the point where they have those kind of options. You know, that's more, that's more what I do. But um, any of us, listen, we all have a bunch of personal experiences. If you wanted to write a book called Why You're Still Single, which I'm sure you'd be able to do it. Right. You know, everybody has, has their, their sort of worldview based on their experience. Here are things that people do wrong in relationships that, uh, that uh, cause them problems. For example. Um, both, men and, both, both men and women. Uh, listen, um, the, uh, the book's got probably you know, 30 chapters, and it, right. it's, most of it is very, very obvious stuff that we don't always like to see in ourselves. Right. Don't pick fights. Don't hold on to grudges. Don't be selfish and dead. Don't hate their friends and family. You know, right. really kind of obvious stuff. Really obvious things, but, but these rules are being broken all the time in online dating relationships. Well, it's, it's online dating. Online dating, Rich, and, and I'm, I'm sure you've put a lot of thought into this as well. Online dating is just another means to meet people, but once you're in a relationship, you're in a relationship. It, has, it doesn't really matter how you met. Right. And so this new book is not about online dating. It's, a, it's about dating. Um, um, online dating is the means by which you have an opportunity to meet uh, people in mass and you, you have to have the wisdom again we talk about double edged swords online dating itself is the biggest double edged sword because people suddenly have more options than they've ever had before right. and because they have so many options they're a little less willing to settle down I, I think you've hit the nail on the head. You know, I throw a lot of parties for singles, and, and every once in a while we get a humongous crowd. We'll get 500 or 1,000 singles in a room, and everybody gets so excited, and they say, oh, my God, there are all these people here. My chances of finding love are so much greater in a room of 500 people than if I'm in a room with 20 people. And then I blow their minds when I say, no, it's the other way around. You're more likely to meet somebody to date in a room full of 20 people than you are in a room full of 500 people because when you have all of those choices, you wind up with nobody. Yeah, and that's online dating for you. So, you know, we all go shopping online um, for a perfect person, and it becomes sort of a big revolving door. And the only reason that, you know, I'm, I've got a very questionable dating past, uh, if anybody wants to try to nail me on it. Right. Uh, the only reason that, that I know that, uh, you know, I'm ready for marriage is because I've, I've pretty, pretty much been through the whole uh you know, mass dating rigmarole, right. and you know, I want my next first date to be my last first date. And you have to have a lot of first dates to really know, to really have refined what it is you're looking for, and know when you find something special that you're re willing to settle on it. I got this chapter in, in the new book called, you know, called "Hitting on 20. And if you played blackjack, you're probably familiar with that metaphor. Right. You know, you get yourself a twenty, you stick. Yes, that's a good a good okay? analogy. I, I hadn't thought of that before. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that before. It's a great yeah. analogy. All the, I mean, and so when you when you're dating and you find yourself dating a twenty, you stick. Yes. <laughs> and my last girlfriend was was a twenty. Unfortunately, oh you know, she hit on twenty. At least that's the way I see it. Right. <laughs> and you and you know, 
now you've got two people who are still single. So, you know, these things happen for the right reasons, and, you know, obviously it takes two to tango, so there's no point in sort of lamenting why someone breaks up with you, but it does raise the question, can we continue to be, uh, to, to be perfectionists, you know, to our grave and remain single for, the, for that reason? Now, you mentioned that the number one mistake that people make with online dating is rushing into that first face-to-face meeting. Why is that a mistake? That's a biggie. I mean, if, if I could only learn from all the things that I write, because I still, I still go on, on, on some bad dates because I get impatient. And I think that's something that, uh, you know, I don't know, what's the equivalent, you know, you know reaching for a, a hot plate and sort of knowing you're going to get burned because you just want to eat the food already. And so um, it stands to reason that if blind dates, historically, uh, pre-Internet, blind dates are, are pretty weird because you're going out with a total stranger, right. essentially. Why would you set yourself up on a series of blind dates, which is what happens when you write to someone, hey, you look cute, here's my phone number, let's get together for coffee in 10 minutes. You know, when, when, you, when you don't take your time to weed people out, that's how you end up with everybody coming in for an audition. Right. And you're, in my mind, I'm better off having an uncomfortable 15-minute conversation on the phone and not going on a date then finding out that it's uncomfortable on a date because I didn't take the time to talk to her on the phone. And speaking of scoping out the options on the phone uh, beforehand, how do you weed out all the psychos? Uh, and that's, that's one of the things that you kind of have to pick up cues. You pick up cues in their profile. You pick up cues when you're emailing each other on the site and off the site. And you pick up cues when you're talking on the phone. Um, it's not like there's, you know, there's some sort of like, uh, you know, flashing psycho button where, where you're going to know um, what you're getting. but for for you know either men's wallets and you know taking out strangers who may be you know crazy or women's safety and, and going out with a guy who's who's less than trustworthy, you could find that a lot through you know a couple half hour phone conversations and you could save yourself the trouble of putting yourself in an uncomfortable or dangerous position. And so it's not like there's you know there, there's a list of you know top five things that psychos say. But, um, you know, if, if, if there's some sort of personality type that doesn't work for you, you, you need to find out their personality before you go out. So when you do go out, your date is a continuation of that, that friendship that you've already established, that trust that you've built up. Those, that first date shouldn't be, so tell me what you do. You, you, you know, that, should, that should have taken place a long time ago. Exactly. So I don't mean spending a lot of time. The people's resistance to spending time has to do with the perception of, oh, I'm wasting my time because I've gone out with people and they don't look like the picture, so why should I waste any time on the phone? Yes. And I think people are cheating themselves, and that's how they end up going on a series of bad dates. So, hey, a couple emails, a couple of phone conversations, this may take three, four days, not a huge investment of time to save yourself bad dates and generate better ones. Right. And speaking of turnoffs in personal ads on the Internet, what would you say are the biggest turnoffs? Well, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit of a profile snob because of what I do, but, uh, you know, people who... People who spell things incorrectly is, is yes. definitely a personal pet peeve. People who uh, are negative in any form, whether they're negative in, in uh, not self-deprecating and talking about themselves, which is actually a charming trait, but yes. in negative about, about previous uh, relationships, negative about the medium of online dating as a whole. I can't believe I'm doing this. I feel right. like such a loser. Um, you know, I hope I could find a guy who's, who's got a job and a full head of hair because <laughs> I, the last guy I went out with didn't. Right. Um, you know, ju- just, and, and, and again, from, from a personality standpoint, uh, people who don't take the time to really come up with anything interesting to say is a turnoff to me. Now, now, listen, a beautiful woman who puts up a generic profile, she's going to still do fine. She's going to have her options. But, um, 
you know, I'm not just looking for, you know, and, and I think a lot of quality guys uh, are not just looking for a pretty face. I, right. I, I want to know if I'm going to take you out that we're going to have a nice time conversing. Yes. And if you haven't said anything interesting about your, yourself because you think, hey, guys don't really care about that, they just look at the pictures, there's something to be said for that. You guys right. are very visual, and, and, and unfortunately, you know, most hot chicks, you know, could rely on that. But yes. I think it's a shame because, in truth, truthfully, there's enough people to choose from that you could find someone who's, who's actually interesting and attractive. And so I think the bar sort of gets raised when people get professional pictures, professional essays, or at least personally take the time to uh, make themselves into a better catch. You're going to have a lot more options, and you don't, you know, you don't have to consent to go on dates that you don't want to go on. That's the, that's the nice thing about being a, a good, successful online dater is um, you know that you're attractive, you know that you're a commodity, and you know that you've got the ability to say no, and that's worth a lot. Right. Now, Evan, when you wrote, I can't believe I'm buying this book, that was the result, as you said before, from your personal online dating experience. But you also have a professional background working for dating websites as well, don't you? Uh, yeah. No, it's my, my, my career is uh, admittedly somewhat uh, accidental. Uh, I, I was a screenwriter who was working a day job at uh, the former MatchNet, currently Spark Networks, uh, you know, American Singles, which was, which was yours, uh, and, and, and JDate. And uh, I was doing customer service there for about nine months, and I was helping people um, above and beyond what normal customer service rep- representatives do with you know, bills and photos. And I just realized that there was a whole class of people out there who were using the same sites that I was doing, using and, and not getting enough out of it. So, uh, you know, I wrote this, wrote this book in, in, in a couple months and built this eCerno website and, and somehow my whole, my whole life became dedicated to uh, helping online daters succeed. It's just so amazing. We go to college, we spend all that time and money and studying all of these academic things, and then we wind up not using hardly any of it and just going into some whole new career that had not even been invented when we enrolled in college. Yeah, no, this was certainly not uh, the childhood dream to be a, a dating <laughs> expert, but, you know, it, it, it's fun and it's rewarding, and, you know, after a few years of doing it, I, you know, it, it's nice to be able to see results. It's nice to be able to say, yes, I, I, I somehow, through my efforts, have helped people get married, even though I don't really take credit for the marriages. That, that has to do with those people, but I definitely gave people the tools to get noticed, to get in the door, to create opportunities so that they could they could find their significant others, and you know that's uh, it, it's unparalleled compared with it, compared with anything I've done in the past. So, you know, I'm, I'm I'm really lucky to be doing this. How do your parents feel about you becoming an online dating expert and personal trainer? I mean, I'm sure they wanted you to be a doctor or a lawyer, didn't they? Uh, well, but once once they got a, once they got used to the idea of me being a screenwriter, yes. uh, everything else has been pretty easy. So, <laughs> um, you know, I've 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 been I've been very lucky uh, with the books and, and and lucky in terms of the, the amount of uh, media attention I've had for for what I do. And um, you know, I'm 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 sure I'm sure my family is proud of me, but. Um, you know, they, they, their love life. My my, my mom is uh, is uh, you know with a guy, and so so she's happy. So she's not turning to me for help. That's um, good. Yeah, but listen, uh, I, I I do think that um, anything that you do that involves helping others is sort of is, is sort of humbling, and and uh, it it makes you think about your own life, and and you, you really try to learn from your own experience, your own mistakes, and you try to learn from your clients as well. And so my personal life and my, my business life all sort of blend together, uh, probably a little bit too much. But um, you know, I, I, I definitely feel lucky to, to be doing this and, and have the opportunity to, to help others, if anything, learn from my own mistakes. And how can singles contact you if they want to talk to you personally? 
Uh, I'm I'm really really easy to reach. I'm, I'm I'm a slave to my computer. So if you go to www.evanmarkcats.com, E-V-A-N-M-A-R-C-K-A-T-Z.com, um, for my toll-free phone number eight six six four three two nine seven two six is posted on that that website. Uh, I'm also reachable through eCyrano.com. Um, but that phone number, 866-432-9726, is probably the best way to, to reach me and just leave a message. And I usually get back to people within 24 hours. And we should tell them that the eCyrano.com that you have, there's a hyphen there. So it's E-C-Y-R-A-N-O, eCyrano.com. That's E-C-Y-R-A-N-O.com. That's eCyrano.com. And for people who want to get online doing profile help, uh, at, a, at, at a discount cost, you can, you can purchase their, their two packages there for $49 and $129. Uh, people who want to work with me, uh, I'm, I'm considerably more expensive. Um, right. But we could talk about that on the phone. Great. Well, I'd like to thank my guest, Evan Mark Katz. Thanks, Evan. Thank you. Please. Single Living is a production of the Singles Podcasting Network in San Rafael, California. If you have any comments or suggestions about single living, feel free to email us at singleliving at singlespodcastingnetwork.com. Thanks for joining us today. Until next time, this is your host, Rich Goss.